Hi, this is Michael Buffer, and welcome to the Box Hard Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Mikey Garcia. It's the monster from the swamps, Regis Ruguru Program. Hey, what's up? This is King Carlos Molina, former IBF world champ. This is Michael, the bounty hunter, 2012 Olympian and your people's champ. This is Charlie Edwards, flyweight champion of the world. This is Fast Eddie Chambers, and you're listening to the Box Hard Podcast with my main man, Joey Coastman. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 307 of the Box Hard Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Coastman. I'm joined as ever by, you know who it is already, it is, of course, Mr. Fast Eddie Chambers. Eddie, how you doing, man? Welcome to the show again. I'm good, my man. How are you? Always good when speaking with you, Eddie. Always good when speaking with you. We're going to dive straight in right here. We're going to start with a card that took place on Friday, August 27th at the Ponds Forge Arena in Sheffield, Yorkshire, United Kingdom. Just one fight to mention. Dave Allen returned with a win. He's now 19-5 and with two draws. A second round TKO against Andrea Pese, who was down in that second round. Um... The thing about Pese, it's not great when you look at the backstory. Um, he turned pro at 150 pounds. Um, he's now uh, 260 pounds. He's five foot nine inches. So, of course, a very, very, very small heavyweight. Um, he did go the distance last month, I think over eight rounds against Andrei Rodenko in a Ukrainian nightclub, but he couldn't go past two rounds with Dave Allen coming off about two years out of the ring, something like that in Sheffield. Uh, all the best to Dave Allen, friend of the show, friend of Eddie's. Moving out now to the, um, it's called the Amfiter Nad Jeziorem in Poland, probably saying that awfully wrong, but over here, Matthias Mastanak with a win, a gross mismatch on paper, he's now 45-5, and five. it was his 50th fight, um, a KO for him in round 3 against the grossly overmatched Felipe Nsu, who's now 4-2 and two with a draw. A uh, nice easy way to, to pick up your 45th win there for Mastanek. Moving out now to the Arena Birmingham in West Midlands, United Kingdom. This one over here, I was present at. It felt good to be back ringside. It really did. Uh, I'm going to start here with the uh, the fight that involves a guy we will be speaking to in a few moments' time. We're going to start here with Casey Kadami, who is now 8-1 and one with a draw. He took on Ilyaz Ahmed, who's now 8-2 and two with a draw. It ended in a split draw after 12 rounds. Scores of 115-113, 114-115, and 114-114. Uh, it was for the vacant British super flyweight title. Kadami... Um, you know, the more skilled fighter in my eyes, but the very, uh, you know, tough and game Ahmed, you know, he's, he's relentless and nothing can seem to stop him from coming forward. Um, bad clash of styles, you know, when when I think of it from Kadami's point of view, because I think Kadami, like I say, is the much more skilled boxer and with Ahmed's relentless pressure, he can keep coming for 12 rounds, clearly. I don't know, you know, Kadami doesn't hit hard enough to keep Ahmed off of him, and at times that was his undoing, because, you know, when Ahmed would would meet 
uh, Kadami in the middle of the ring. It was Kadami's fight when when uh, when Kadami would go back to the ropes and Ahmed would put the pressure on. It didn't look good, especially in the eyes of the judges. Uh, I felt the first two rounds were really close. Uh, whenever either guy would land an eye catching combination, the other guy would re- would return fire with his own eye catching combination. Both rounds could have gone either either way in the first two. Round three, I gave to Kadami clear. Uh, I felt like he was displaying the science of boxing, hitting and not getting hit. Ahmed had success in the first two rounds at times with the uppercut, and in round three, he tried to counter with the uppercut several times, but he was just a bit out of range and he would miss, and it didn't look good. Kadami. Mobility as well was on another level, getting in and out nicely. Round four, another close round, really close. Uh, I liked when Kadami would throw a lead left hook and spin off of it. That worked for him a lot. Ahmed, though, couldn't really be uh, phased by anything Kadami threw, like I said. Round five, a big round, especially towards the end for Ahmed. Um, you know, Kadami got caught with his back to Ahmed for a split second. Uh, you know, his back kind of turned for a second. Ahmed was, was really on the front foot. He's like a little wrecking ball. Uh, I gave round six to Ahmed as well. Round seven was a huge round for Kadami. He showcased his superior boxing skills, hitting and not getting hit again. And when he puts it all together, like he did in that seventh round, it's top class. It really is top class. Um... Round 8 I felt was a close round, round 9 I gave to Kadami. round 10 Kadami was cut, the blood was streaming down his eye, uh, Ahmed was coming on strong, Kadami was fighting back, it was another close round, uh, round 11 was a close one, round 12 um, I think was a close one as well, I, I can't remember too much of round 12 to be honest with you, but anyways, a really close fight, the rounds that Kadami would win he would win wide. I felt it was clear to see he'd win a round, but there were so many close rounds. The majority of rounds were close, so that pretty much means they could have gone either way. I felt it was close at the end, and like we say, it ended in a split draw. We will be speaking to the man in a few moments' time, um, and I feel bad for him because, you know, the first fight I think he nicked, and they gave it to Ahmed. The second fight, which wasn't televised, which is criminal, by the way, um, you know, it wasn't televised, and they... They 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 settle it with a draw, and now will there be a third? We shall see. I'll certainly be sure to ask Casey Kadami that. Uh, moving on to other fights on the bill, we're going to start here with Akeem Ennis Brown. Um, he's now 14 and one, a unanimous decision over 12 rounds in favour of Sammy Maxwell, who's now 16 and 0. It was for the Commonwealth and British super lightweight titles. Ennis Brown cut on his right eye in round four. Maxwell cut on his left eyelid as well uh, in one of the rounds. Um, really, really, really close fight again in my eyes. I had it really close. I wasn't scoring it round by round. Um, I think that Maxwell said something after the fight to one of the one of the supporters. In fact, no, it was, it was his trainer. His trainer said to one of the people ringside, he shouted into the crowd, he said, we landed the better shots. I think he did land the better shots. Um, Akeem Ennis Brown is like a, you know, a really tricky customer as well. He will throw shots, in, you know, from weird angles. He will throw shots from either stance. He's really, really hard to hit. And his style reminds me a little bit of... Like, um, I want to say like Andrew Selby, something like that. Really, really hard to work out and predict what his next move will be. Um, Like I say, it was really close. It could have gone either way. Most people ringside gave it to Ennis Brown. I wasn't scoring it, so I don't want to say that I think the right man won or the right man didn't win. 
Um, but yeah, all in all, really, really, really good fight. A hell of a lot of build-up. It was nice to see a little bit of um, sportsmanship shown by both the lads afterwards. But a great, great fight there. Um, elsewhere on the card, Anthony Kakachi with a win. Now 19-1. and A unanimous decision over 12 against Leon Woodstock, who's now 12-3. and It was for Kakachi's British Super Featherweight title. Woodstock down in the fourth. Um, do you know what? Really expected that fight to go the way it went. I wasn't surprised by anything. Uh, Woodstock, I didn't think, was was on the same level as Kakachi boxing skill-wise. Kakachi is a quality fighter with real pedigree. Woodstock, I think he's very basic and one-dimensional. He was down from a left uppercut in, in uh, was it round four, I think I said? Um, yeah, round four. Um... I don't think he was particularly hurt. I think he just walked right into it. But yeah, you know, he was just overmatched once again. And I think that Woodstock is a very tough fighter. But he's just not as good as some of the other guys here in Britain. There's nothing wrong with that. I still think he's very entertaining. He's barely ever in a boring fight. But I think he needs to be matched a a little bit easier. He needs to be built a little bit, I think. Because, you know, he brings the entertainment every time. But he has been matched very, very tough. I I go back to that really hard fight he had with um, Craig Poxton all those years ago. And obviously he lost to Archie Sharp. He lost to Zelfa Barrett. Zelfa Barrett gave him a bit of a hiding. And here we go, Kakachi with with a real bit of a hiding. Um... Yeah, so back onto the fight. Like I say, Woodstock was just walking into jabs all, all night from Kakachi. Kakachi was boxing in both stances. He was bamboozling Woodstock. I felt for Woodstock in there. He's got huge balls, uh, as we know, but he's just not on the same level as Kakachi. Woodstock couldn't get past a jab. His face was really busted up. He didn't even look like himself at the end of the fight. Honestly, he, he didn't look like the same fighter uh, before the bell had gone. He, his face was, was horrible. Um, but yeah, the angles, the rolling under, the hook, of Woodstock, Kakachi just looked class, he really, really did uh, moving on to the other fights on the card let's now speak about um, Anthony Yard a first round KO for him against Alex Turan, Anthony Yard now 21-2, and Turan now 23-6, and all six losses by knockout um, two body shots, both left hooks I believe, that finished Yard's opponent Nice and easy. Um, It wasn't the opposition that we want to see Yard in with. That's no secret. There was a lot of, I can't repeat what they were saying, but a lot of chants in the crowd, you know, pretty much expressing their uh, displeasure with that fight there. I think they were saying pretty X-rated stuff, but along the lines of what is the point in this fight kind of thing. You know, it was another knockover job really for Anthony Yard and Anthony Yard is a friend of the show um a, you know a really really good friend he was at one point I remember going down to the gym and watching him spar behind closed doors was really cool haven't spoke to him though for a couple of years um but no I I, I got a lot of time for Anthony Yard and it's not the fight that we want to see him in we do want to see that that rematch with Lyndon Arthur, I'm sure we're going to get that pretty soon. But this one was a bit pointless. Nathan Heaney, now 13 and 0, a KO for him in round 5 against late addition to the card, Konstantin Alexandrov. Don't think he had too much, um, you know, notice. I think he came in on, on fight week. He's now 10 and 49 with four draws. It was a body shot. Nathan Heaney, I've got to say, it was kind of cool to be there ringside and hear the crowd make their noise. I mean, it's... it's um, quite unbelievable the noise that he gets Nathan Heaney the crowd you know the the atmosphere is very 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 um 
rare as well, you know, but really cool to, to go there and witness that atmosphere firsthand. I've seen it on TV. It looks good. Being there in person is 10 times better. Um, Liam Davies with a win as well. A TKO in round two. He's now double figures, 10 wins. Um, he was able to knock out Raymond Comey. Comey down prior to the stoppage as well. His record now 19-12 and 12 with a draw. Um... Yeah, that's about it for that card. I think we've gone through everything there. Okay, moving out now to... We're going to go here to the Oak Grove Racing and Gambling Hall in Kentucky. One fight to mention over here. Friend of the show, Tyler Tomlin, moved to 12-0. and 0, A KO in round five against Ira Terry, who's now 27-17. and 17. Tyler Tomlin, the prospect signed to Lou DeBella Promotions. Moving out now to the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse in Cleveland, Ohio, US. Say this one, of course, was on Showtime pay per view. Let's start with um, the Amanda Serrano fight. She's now 41 and 1 with a draw. A unanimous decision over 10 two minute rounds against Yamilef Mikado, who's now 18 and 3. She's still never been stopped. Serrano wanted to make a statement and get the stoppage. She didn't get that stoppage, but she did fight really well and hurt her opponent several times. She's very, very tough, Mikado. It was for the WBC, WBO, and IBO World female featherweight titles. Serrano, um, you know, one of the best female fighters in the world. Always a pleasure to see her fight. Doesn't really matter which weight class she gets the call to fight at. She can just go up and down them. She is quite unbelievable. A real athlete. Um, let's talk about now Ivan Baranchik, former world champion, now 20-3. and three. A big upset. He retired on his stall at the end of round seven against the previously undefeated Montana Love, who's still undefeated, now 16-0 with a draw. Unbelievable. I mean, it's a huge upset there. I think it could be the end for Baranchik. I said it on last week's show that I'd heard good things about Montana Love for years, but he hadn't really stepped up yet. And I also said that this is the perfect time to fight Baranchik after coming off that brutal knockout loss to Zapida. Excellent timing in terms of the matchmaking now, I have to say. Uh, Montana Love made a statement. He had to face adversity early on, and then he came back to hurt Baranchik several times and drop him, and the corner stopped it in between rounds. Montana Love, for me, has just announced himself to the world at that way. A proper breakout fight for him. Really pleased for him, and perhaps he's a real player. We shall see, man. It was good to see him you know, face adversity as well, probably for the first time in his career properly. From a, from a a proven world-class fighter in Baranchik, even though he doesn't look like the same Baranchik from a few years ago. I don't think he's been the same fighter since losing to Josh Taylor. Um, elsewhere on the card, Charles Conwell. It was on. It was. It was untelevised. He's now 16 and 0. TKO in round three against the previously undefeated 18 and 0 Juan Carlos Rubio. Um, Daniel Dubois with a win, a first round knockout against Joe Cusimano, who had never been stopped. He's now 19-4 Cusimano. Daniel Dubois, 17-1. Three times he was down Cusimano. I was really pleased for Daniel Dubois. Um... He, you know, you could see it on his face, the big smile. He was he was happy that he'd done that for the crowd. The crowd were loving him. Um, like I say, three knockdowns. Kuzumano on the first knockdown got up at 10. Really, the referee could have called it off. The second one, he got up at 9. The third one, the referee didn't bother to count. Nice and easy. Nice and quick, um, and he gave the crowd what they were what they were dying to see. You know, they were loving the the knockout. 
uh, or, the, or the, the times he was dropping his opponent. It was it was fantastic for Dubois. I really was pleased for him. Um, elsewhere on the card, Tommy Fury with a win unanimously over four rounds against the previously... Uh, I don't want to say... I don't know what to call him. He, he didn't have a win. He's now 0-2. and two. Um, Tommy Fury, 7-0. and oh. um, You know... Shutout win for Tommy. It wasn't his best performance. His opponent was a little bit of a spoiler. He was much shorter. I think Tommy found it hard to pin him down. And it wasn't the first round knockout most people expected. But it was what it was. I I, don't, I wasn't too surprised, to be honest. I still think that Tommy Fury is very much learning. And it's the right time to beat him if you are Jake Paul. If that is a fight that interests you. Even though I'm not as sure... Uh, I'm not sure that it's as big as what some people think it is. But anyways, that is that. Uh, Jake Paul as well, 4-0. A split decision over eight rounds to Tyron Woodley, who is now 0-1. Um, obviously, Woodley's pro debut. Pretty much everyone felt that Woodley did enough to win the f- uh, Sorry, not Woodley. Uh, Jake Paul did enough to win the fight. I was watching it. I was watching it. Um, you know, Woodley landed a good shot in one of the rounds. Jake Paul should have been ruled down, really, because the ropes held him up. But, you know, um, yeah, I probably gave Woodley maybe two rounds, maybe three. Uh, but, yeah, it was pretty much one on the jab, and he was moving a lot, Jake Paul, and listening to instructions in the corner from Jay Leon Love and uh, BJ Flores. Um, so, yeah, he won the fight. Not many people online felt that Woodley won. Um, Clarissa Shields f- felt that Woodley won, uh, but not not anyone else I could see. Uh, even you know all the other boxing fraternity, no one felt that Woodley did enough to win. But anyway, that is it though for the review part of the show. The final thing for me to do just before we wrap up this part is to welcome our sole guest on this week's podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the former WBO European Super Flyweight Champion. It is, of course, Mr. Casey Kadami. Casey, welcome to the show, my friend. Uh, how are you, mate? Thank you for having me. Um, I appreciate being here. Thank you. Hey, I appreciate you coming on. I'm absolutely fine. So, Casey, first things first, man. How are you feeling? You're fresh off your fight on Saturday. A split draw, a very close fight. Um, how are you feeling? It's obviously not the result that anyone, I don't think, wanted the draw. I mean, um, very disappointed. I mean, I, I've trained really hard. Um, we, you know, we went as an away fighter, and um, I just wanted to get the win, but unfortunately we couldn't. It came as a draw, and uh, I was very disappointed to what the judges scored. But it is what it is. We move on. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand. And the first fight was obviously a great one. The second fight, I think, was probably better than the first one. Do you agree with that? Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the first one, we, I mean, there was no footage of the opponent, so we didn't know how he how he's coming to the fight. So we just knew that he's a come-forward fighter. So we kind of trained. I mean, we didn't have a long, because we had a very long, um, we had a lot of dates scheduled, but it was, uh, we went to it and it got cancelled. We, we was getting ready for it and it got cancelled. So it was a point that I wasn't really serious that we the fight is actually going to happen. Um, but we went there. I mean, you know, we stick to boxing. Um, we sit on a, we, we box as a bag for fire and, I still thought I nicked it by two round, um, you know, as I landed more more shot than I mean he landed a more cleaner shot, but uh, not to my extent. I had more. I mean I had more shot that I landed. Um, I was um, nine points. I thought, uh, but you know, um, 
they judge it so differently and they they give it differently and um I just thought yeah just um um so yeah I mean but the fight was I wasn't mentally wasn't there as well because of what happened to my mom and the, the days were getting changed um so yeah, it was it was a bit I wasn't in the right state of mind as well and this this second fight that took place on Saturday, I'm going to ask you this question, and I don't think you're actually going to know the answer. But how on earth did it not end up on TV? Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I, I was kind of shocked. I mean, a lot, after the fight, a lot of people came like, "How how was it not on TV?" I mean, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm I was surprised myself. I mean, the fight should have been on TV. Um, it's you know, super flower full of action pack. I mean, you know, from the first fight, it was. We fought a lot of punches, so they they should have knew that this fight because I'm coming for revenge. It's, it's, it's a rematch. They should have knew it would have been a cracking fight, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make much sense. But the fight is now on YouTube, so anyone that's listening to me now, go on YouTube and check that fight out. It certainly is worth the time. Um, what do you think, Casey, was the difference between the first and the second fight, or did you kind of think they were similar? I mean the the second fight, um, you know, the second fight I knew I had to do a lot more work because I'm coming to his um his hometown and I had to be very more aggressive. Um I wanted I really wanted to hurt him to be honest, um, because you know, he took he took my, my I took my first loss against him so it was um I had a lot of um tension on my head to go and really go hurt him and uh, we, I mean our sparring was great, our training was great, it was Inspiring was, you know, with dropping everyone. Um, I mean, you know, I came, I just came, I just came to get my, to my win. To be honest, uh, the, 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 that what made it more interesting. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to fight his own fight, uh, going close the gap and just fight his own style and trying to beat him up where he say he's good at. And anyone that's listening to me, I don't want them to think that I'm being biased here. It's no secret that John Tandy's a friend of mine, but. Um, when I say this, I really mean it. You're a much more skilled fighter than Ahmed Casey, but what is it that stops you from being able to win these two fights convincingly enough? I think it's Starmick's fight, and um, you know, if it was anyone else, uh, my star can, you know, I think my star is really. But you know, he's, he's, he's like he's a, he's a he's a come forward fighter, but he's not an ordinary come forward fighter. The way he tucks in, the way. He, he takes his steps, you know, the way he times his punches is a lot more different to any other fighters, and that's what makes the fight more interesting. I'm sure if he was near other person coming forward, um, you know, they, everyone everyone comes, every every style, every person has his own style because style comes from personality, and uh, I believe, and um, I don't think uh, you know anyone will be fine very similar to him. I mean, they might have similar, but it won't be like him. Um, uh, that's what makes it more interesting uh, is the, the style is. It's a bit harder for me because the way he comes in and the way I move out, it tends to clash it, and that's when we tend to to begin to fight. But um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's about it. But yeah, and you know, he he does have that that uh, you know that style that come forward style. He just he pulls like the scariest face I've ever seen, and just carries <laughs> on walking uh, forward. Yeah. You know, the whole night he, he is relentless. Um, I feel like though, when you win a round. You win it clearly, but the problem is there's there's more close rounds than clear rounds, and I think 
that's probably to do with his pressure. Um, you mentioned yeah. it's, it's probably a, not the best style for you. Um, let's look to the future, Casey. Do you want the third fight? Do you have the hunger for the third fight? Of course, I have the hunger. I've got, I've got so much hunger. I just want to get my win. I mean, I haven't, I didn't came to get the draw uh, for this fight. I knew it was going to be a tough because I was going to his city. The judges are always going to be on. He was the home corner. He was the champion, apparently, you know. So it was all his show. And we had to do, I think, we had, for me to get the win, I knew I had to drop this guy. And um, if I did that, I probably would have had the win. Um, but other than that, I knew that on one point, you either give it to him or make, put it a draw. But um, um, I'm, 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 I'm very hungry to get the first fight done. But... Uh, um, it has to be in Altaf. It has to be back in London because we went to his city and he. We still had more fans than him, so um, you know, like uh, ticket-wise, he's not the British champion, so he's fighting for vacated British. That we gave him a chance to fight for his hometown at his hometown, and now he has to come our hometown with my fans uh, being there, and then we could put a bit, uh, much better show. Um, you know, um, that, that's the, that's that's where we go. But I'm I'm very hungry to get the first fight. Of course, I want to get my win back. Nothing is more important for me to to go and beat him. Yeah, I saw your fans. They were making a lot of noise, of course, during the fight. Um, you were cut in the fight, obviously, Casey. How, you know, if it was up to you, how soon would you have that rematch? When will you be completely healed up, completely fit again to go again for perhaps another 12 rounds? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be ready for November, December. Um, you know, that's not a problem. Um Obviously, uh, we have to look in in the, in the training camp. If the cut doesn't open up, then I don't think it will open up. Um, it's gonna be careful. And um, but November, December, I'm I'm ready. I'm 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 very ready. And I saw something. I'm not sure who started it, but I saw something on Instagram. Someone mentioned about betting their entire purse on the third fight, betting even uh, having to retire for the loser. Who brought that up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because you know it was, yeah, all right, we were both uh, boxers and, you know, we both, uh, he, he goes, he he put, he, he uh, tags on a story saying that, uh, oh, look, be honest that, um, yeah, he he was saying to me that, be honest that I won the fight. Look from his, um, look how happy that he got Joe. And that went to me, uh, do I look happy or that sarcastic smile? Like, I'm giving a sarcastic smile to the judges. Like, what is this? Like, are you having a laugh? And um, it was just a picture that that time the photo, the photo was taken. And he was saying that, that this guy is happy with a draw and he was a clear winner. I was like, if you really truly believe that you are the winner, if you really believe truly that you beat me, listen, let's have the theology and put your purse, put your purse, put all your titles, whatever you have, put everything on the line. Put even retirement on the line. You beat me, I'll retire. I'll beat you, you retire. Or you that confident? Because I'm that confident. I'll go. I'll go again. And I'm, I promise you, I'm gonna hurt you. Um, and you know, he he didn't agree to that. But then he goes, um, he didn't message me for a while. And then um, yeah, he then after he messaged me recently, he goes, look, the fight was close. Fight. This this. And I was like, he's, he's a, you know what? He's a little weasel. He talks. He doesn't talk. You know, he talks like that when I'm not there. But when we talk. Uh, like when we do a private message, he he's so he tried to be so humble, so nice. Even on um when we're at the press, he's, he's trying to act so nice and all that. But you know he's a little weasel. He just he talks a lot of rubbish. So he doesn't even know he's boxing. But boxing, what destroyed UK boxing back in time was because they used to judge on fighters based on coming forward. I mean this guy, if you count the amount of punches he lands and the amount of punches I land per round, I'm, my my punches are more high. My points are more high than him. 
and and, and both are fight. But um, the way you know the way judges seen it, the the, the judges I don't know how they they judging it, just coming forward and you know I made this guy miss more than probably a lot. I mean, if you look around seven, eight, nine, he was missing a lot of punches, um, a lot of big shots. But he was just coming forward, and I think that's gonna destroy a lot of boxers, um, bringing that same mentality judges you know to the to the fight because. Uh, boxing has, as you know, past seven, eight, nine years, boxing has has, has has become so good in UK. You've got all different style, all different flashy style, and um, having judges like that, judging, uh, giving the the wins for for fighters who just come forward, is gonna you know is gonna bring back the old habit of UK British boxing. British boxing back in time would just come forward. It wasn't like pure. So it would just come and fight. It would just come forward and fight. Uh, boxing is an art, and you meant to the the, the name of the game is hit and not get hit. It's, such that the great Floyd Mayweather said and many other boxers and boxing is a game of chess and that's what you meant to do um, but uh, you know on theology um, if, if we get a theology done um, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop him down I just want to go all out man yeah I, I do really want to see the third fight I think anyone that saw the second fight or anyone that goes on YouTube and watches the second fight will certainly welcome a third fight and you're right yeah, because- you know Sorry, go on. Go on. I, mean, I think. I th- sorry, I think. I think the first fight will get better because the first fight was alright. The second fight was, you know, we got more anger in us. The first fight, even more of us. We're both not happy on the on the, on the draw, so we're both gonna come even harder. So I think one of us definitely gonna drop. Uh, it won't be me, the hundred percent, but I think you know he's gonna drop. So it'll be. That's what I'm saying. It'll be, it'll be very good. The first fight will be very very entertaining fight. Um, you know, we're all gonna bring. We're all gonna lay it out. I think. So I'm I'm happy for it to get to get done hopefully. Yeah, I cannot wait to see it. And just <laughs> finally, Casey, um, just before we let you go, um, where can people follow you on social media? If you've got Twitter, if you've got Instagram, give your handle so people can jump on this journey. So I mean, on Instagram it's uh, Casey Kadimi, same as Twitter, uh, Casey Kadimi, and Facebook, uh, Kais Kadimi. Um, yeah, follow me. I'm gonna keep everyone updated with what's going on with the uh, with the fight. So you know. Hopefully, um, we get the theology done and, and for another entertainment show for, for all the fans that love boxing. Absolutely, absolutely. Listen, Casey, it's been a real pleasure speaking with you. It was an honour to see you fight from ringside on the weekend. I Thank wish you. you the best for the future, and I'm sure we'll speak again soon. Definitely. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you as well, and uh, hopefully we can meet up an, a, another time. Definitely, man. Thank you. Okay, now it's time for part two on this week's show. This part, of course, the news part of the show. Um, couple things to mention. Um, the DAZN monthly subscription price is increasing in the UK. It's gone from one pound ninety nine up to seven ninety nine. Uh, so a few people outraged about that. I don't think you can be that outraged, but I just think it's it's now four times the price. So some people will be annoyed about that. But we got real good value while it was one ninety nine. Um, if they continue to bang out the kind of content they've been putting on, it's definitely worth £8 a month. It's, it's a lot cheaper than it is, I believe, in the US. Um, yeah, so that's that one. The other piece of news is that Oscar Valdez has failed a drugs test. They found something in his system that looks like it's going to rule him out of his fight, which I think he had penned in for, I believe it was October 10th or something like that. So that's a bit of a shame there. It's more suspicion for Canelo's camp as well. I think they're going to be testing the B sample. It's a little bit unclear which substance was found in his test, but we will see more news on that, I'm guessing, in the coming days. But it's not a good look. Oscar Valdez, a friend of the show, 
show and to have that suspicion over him, especially after that unbelievable win last time out against, um, I can't remember the guy's name now, God almighty, but what a knockout it was. Um, oh gosh, what was the champion's name? It's going to drive me crazy. He come back to beat the Mexican guy, didn't he? It was a brutal knockout just as the round was ending and I cannot remember the guy's name, so I'm checking it. And Miguel Bachel, of course. Um, in other news, we have the fact that Sky are kind of doing this this uh, boxing schedule involving a lot of young prospects and just kind of strange, odd talents. You know, it's weird. They've they've got a few people that were previously on the Matchroom roster. I'm not sure if they're still with Matchroom. Uh, I felt they'd be going to zone with Matchroom. I'm not quite sure what's going on. But anyways, if you're a Sky subscriber, we're going to see some more big names on on uh, on Sky once again. By the way, the Valdez fight is set to be September 11th, not October 10th. I'm not sure where I got that from. But who we will see, though, on the schedule for Sky Sports that they've just announced is that on October 2nd, Chris Eubank Jr. will be boxing Sven Elbeer. Um, it's not the fight anyone wanted to see, but it's good to see Chris Eubank Jr. back. Also on the card, David Avanesian gets in against Liam Taylor, and Richard Riakpo returns to the ring after about two years out. He gets in with Christoph Twardowski. Uh, so that, again, is October 2nd. And also on October 16th, Savannah Marshall defends her world title against Lolita Musea and Huey Fury against Christian Hammer. I'm sure that's a fight that I mentioned a few months ago wouldn't be a bad move in the right direction for Huey. I could be making that up, but I think I did. And anyways, it's, it's a fight that, that is taking place. It's not a huge name, obviously, but it's a it's a good testing fight there. Hammer's been in with a whole heap of top heavyweights like Povetkin, like Luis Ortiz, like Tyson Fury. Um, obviously, we know we're going to be seeing Jamel Heron against Shakur Stevenson. That's going to be on, uh, you know, on Sky as well. And it's also been announced Josh Taylor will be defending his undisputed 140 crown against Jack Catterall, the undefeated Jack Catterall, who has been sitting on the sidelines for what seems like years in that mandatory position, highly ranked. What's he been doing since he beat O'Hara Davies? Not too much is the answer. Is he good enough? We shall see. It's a great, great fight. Moving on, though, to the preview part of the show. If any other news develops from now to the end of the show, I will mention it on the outro. So this one takes place tomorrow. It's happening at the Kilimanjaro Hall in Tanzania. We have Hassan Mwakinyo, who's 19-2. and two. Some people will remember he came in on late notice against Sam Eggington and knocked him out early. He gets in against former world champion, former unified world champion, Julius Indongo, 23-3 there for the African Boxing Union Super Welterweight title. Indongo up at 154. What the heck? Anyways, um... Moving out now to the Czech Republic, one fight to mention over here. We've got Declan Geraghty, 19-5 in a 12-rounder against David Rajuli, who's 12-8 with a draw. That one's for the vacant Universal Boxing Organization World Super Lightweight title. We've also got the return of Prism Slorinowski after losing about two or three weeks ago to Mikey McKinson. He's 19-2, and no opponent just yet for him. Moving out now to the Headingley Rugby Club Stadium, um, in Leeds United Kingdom, Yorkshire, obviously. On the undercard, we have Jack Bateson, not opponent just yet, 13-0 is his record. We've got Ebony Bridges, 6-1, in an eight-two-minute round contest against Maylies Gangloff, who's 5-2. So Ebony Bridges has been out twice in quick succession here in the UK. Um, 
yeah, she's fighting a girl who's never been stopped once again. Uh, so we shall see. That that could be interesting. We've also got Hopi Price, 5-0 and in a 10-rounder against Zahid Hussein, who's 16-1. and That's for the vacant IBO International Super Bantamweight title. We've got Katie Taylor defending her unified, um, undisputed, sorry, um, lightweight world titles against... Jennifer Ham, who's 18 and 3 with a draw. A lot of criticism behind this fight here because Jennifer Ham's only had um, one fight in the last three and a half years, and really and truly, she is a featherweight. And this fight, of course, like I say, is at lightweight, so she's kind of moving up two weight classes. She's never been stopped though in her three losses, and she's only got one KO in her 18 wins. So, not many people giving her a chance against arguably the pound for pound best female fighter, Katie Taylor. Also on the card, Connor Ben, 18 and 0. It's been rescheduled after he had COVID. He steps in with Adrian Granados, 21 and 8 with three draws there for the WBA Continental Welterweight title. Should be a good fight. It's another opponent just like Conor Ben's last one, which was Sammy Vargas. Um, yeah, should be good. We've got Giovanni Straffon, who is 24 and 3 with a draw. It's for the IBO World Lightweight title. He gets in against Maxi Hughes, 23 and 5 with two draws. Maxi Hughes, in the form of his life, it would almost appear, coming off those brilliant three wins in a row against John O'Carroll, Victor Kotijogov, and Paul Hyland Jr. But is this a step too far? against Giovanni Straffon, the Mexican southpaw, who, of course, in his last fight, made easy work of James Tennyson in one round. Was it just a flash in the pan? We shall see. Um, I wouldn't want to put any money on that fight. It could go any kind of way. Um, and, of course, the rematch. Maurizio Lara, 23-2, gets in with Josh Warrington, 30-1. Josh Warrington got knocked out in the last encounter back in February. Um, it was obviously... A ninth round TKO for Lara. He had Warrington down in round four. And of course, in that ninth and final round. Um, you know, Warrington decided to have that fight. I think he vacated the belt, had that fight for a really strange reason and his eye probably wasn't on the prize he was trying to get the Kanzu fight he probably wasn't fully focused on the dangers that Lara possessed and he found out the hard way and he looked awful in that fight um this time though he's had his chance to you know prepare for the guy he knows he knows how good the guy is he's lost his own now he should be better in this fight than he was in the first fight we shall see though has the Mexican um you know, dented his 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 confidence. He's only 23 years of age. He was relentless. He was a hard puncher. Has he dented his confidence? Is he going to come and do the double and knock him out again? We shall see. Really, really good fight. Again, that's on the zone. Moving out now to the entertainment and sports arena in Washington, D.C., USA. Over here, friend of the show, Dusty Hernandez Harrison. He's still undefeated these days. 34-0 with one draw. Over 10 rounds, he's fighting. No opponent just yet for him. Uh, moving out now to the Paramount Theatre in Huntington, New York, USA. This is the final card to mention. Just one fight, I believe, to mention on this card. Cleta Seldin, 25-1. and one. Um, I'm not sure if he's fought since he put Zab Judah in a coma, actually. But he's back out in a 10-rounder against Victor Vasquez, who's 11-5. and five. That one's for the NABA super lightweight, uh, super lightweight title. 
Uh, but that's about everything. I've flown through that as quick as I could. We've done the review part. We brought you the, the sole guest. We did the news part just there. And I've just wrapped up the preview part of the show. I've flown through it so quickly that I've barely had a chance to say anything to Eddie. Uh, just before we, we, we wrap this up, I'm going to come in with the outro in just a few seconds. Eddie, I'm going to let you say something before we wrap it up. Sorry for not coming to you. I've just tried to fly through it with, with uh, as limited time as possible. Oh, well, I, I, well I, I can say this. I felt like you did a good job by yourself, Joe. <laughs> this, the, the, the analysis of the fights, you know what I mean? And from what I've obviously what I've heard, I didn't really, I wasn't watching a lot. I jumped on the, um, the uh, Woodley and, and Jake Paul fight to kind of like just see what happened. But I really wasn't 100% interested and I was kind of regretted because I wanted to, there was actually some good card. Uh, good good fights or interesting fighters, let's say, to see on the undercard to uh, to look at. But uh, I, I kind of wanted to see Daniel Dubois. He, uh, he was on the undercard. So I, I kind there's a couple of things I wanted to see, a couple of different fights. Even the female fight. I wanted to check that out, too. I can't say even the female fight. That's not fair to say. But you know what I mean. I wanted to see that one uh, as well. So um, all in all, I, uh, I can't say it was a great week because I didn't really watch much. But... Uh, you did a good job of explaining the joke. That's one thing I can say for sure. No, I appreciate the kind words, Eddie. And um, yeah, I appreciate that. My my favorite times that I've recorded the show has been both the two or, the two or three times that we did it in person out in our makeshift studio in um, in yeah. um, what's 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 our secret location called again? What's that La place Quinta called? Is. La Quinta. La yeah, there we go, La Quinta. La Quinta. We got our makeshift studio in La Quinta. <laughs> yeah, we gotta do it again, man. We, we gotta, gotta do, do that again. We gotta do it again, absolutely. But like I say, just before we wrap it up, the final thing for me to do is to come in with the outro, which I'll do in just a few seconds. Okay, and this wraps up episode 307 of the Box Hard Podcast. I've been your host, Joey Coastman. Eddie Chambers has been with me for the duration of the show. A massive thank you to our special guest, the former WBO European Super Flyweight Champion, Casey Kadami. Hopefully we get to see the third fight between him and Ilyas Ahmed. That'll be a great fight. The biggest thanks of all, though, goes out to John Tandy and, of course, the listeners. But that's about everything from myself. Enjoy your weekends, people. Remember to tell a friend to tell a friend about the podcast if you've got a spare two minutes please leave us a review on itunes it really means a lot stay safe though and we shall see you all again next week